0: What's up, everyone?
1: Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. What's up? Clark and I are here, and we're just continuing to march in revelation. And, um, meet the Lord in it, and share with you guys. So today we're talking about chapter seven.
0: Yep. And to understand chapter seven, you got to look back at chapter six. And boy, was that one a doozy. Yeah. (laughs) So chapter six, let me give you a quick recap. Um, Talked about the seals that were opened. And these four horsemen uh, were unleashed on the earth, basically. And the four horsemen symbolize life apart from God. Mm -hmm. Uh, One was like brute military strength. A second one dealt with war and violence. A third one represented famine or just a lack of food and starvation. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, death and hell. So, wow. Um, People are terrified. They're even at one point calling upon the mountains and rocks to crush them because Mm -hmm. this is terrible. And in order to understand chapter 7, you have to look at verse 17 from chapter 6. And they ask a question going, for this great day of wrath has come, who can withstand it? Essentially, they're saying we're all in huge trouble who can stand before the Lord because we're in, in big trouble. And so transitions to Revelation 7 mm-hmm. and Revelation 7 gives us an answer.
1: Yeah, so we need to be marked by God and uh, Revelation chapter 7, 2 and 3 kind of kick that off. So I'll go ahead and read two, and verses 2 and 3. Then I saw an angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been giving power to harm the land and the sea: "Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of God." And so the picture that kind of popped up in um, well, in our head, you mentioned World War II and how mm-hmm. I oh my goodness, we watched Pearl Harbor. Bandit Brothers. Yeah, a couple Private of weeks Ryan. ago. Yeah. But just later the literal mark on the people's forehead that have been wounded, that have been hurt in battle, mm-hmm. uh saying um this is what they need. Well, These people are saved. Let's mark them and get them to the hospital. And another image that actually came to my head was on Ash Wednesday yeah. when we're, you know, we put the ash on the forehead and there's a symbolization of Mark. And I mean, ultimately, too, this is kind of pointing back to Passover a little bit in my heart, too, is reminded of Passover where literally the the blood of the lamb is covering over them. It's their, their doorposts are marked. The Israelites are marked. Um, and... A little bit later in revelation chapter 14 tells us that this mark this seal um, is the name of the father and the lamb and so literally um, us that are in christ who can withstand this who can withstand this judgment well jesus christ and then we his people are marked in him by yeah. his name
0: that's right and so then transitioning further along in the chapter it, it talks about who's saved and it says mm-hmm. one hundred and forty-four thousand. Like What's up with that number? How'd they come up with it? Well, if you read it, people often think, well, it's the 12 sons uh, times the 12 tribes times 1,000. And that's supposed to be a complete and perfect number symbolically. Mm -hmm. And even if you look at the New Jerusalem's dimensions that's given later on, Mm -hmm. uh, it talks about how it's 12 squared 10 times. So what are we getting at here? It's probably symbolic. Mm -hmm. People argue about this. It's not worth fighting about probably symbolic and it's not so much about the exact number because when you look at the vision john has when he looks at the people and the great multitude it says it's farther than he can see
1: mm-hmm. there's
0: far more people than he could count mm-hmm. it's the people of every nation and tribe and tongue and so the focus for us should not be on how few but on how many yeah and from there you know it transitions okay. uh revelation 7 verse 9 through 17 focus, focuses on um like the people who are saved, and it turns to praise and worship. And and so, in it, Bob? Like, right. What? The, the reality of the people, they're realizing what? The people who are worshiping God.
1: Right. We have not won our own victory. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and, and this, how is this made possible? Again, it's alluding back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so you want to read verses 13 and 14.
1: Right. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they? Where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, "These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb." And so, so in 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 chapter seven, verse nine um like Clark said there's this great multitude and so let's focus on the great multitude which sounds like this after i looked there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation tribe tongue and language standing before the throne they were the ones wearing the white robes yeah. and so who are the how do these people get the white robes how are they standing up in victory you know in righteousness well they're standing up because of the blood of the lamb yeah
0: and so it's a lot now, let's talk about the takeaways from this. Yeah. We got four takeaways that we just came up with and we're probably missing some. But one is that God simply offers eternal protection for all who believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. And so I think there's a temptation and a tension in that for us to like, well, I, I like Jesus and I believe in him and I want him to save me someday, but I also want to have fun on earth and mm-hmm. do my thing right now. Mm-hmm. We're at the same time, Jesus promises us that it's worth our time and our life to follow him, Mm -hmm. to take up our cross every day and follow him. And two, expect hardship. Yeah. That's another takeaway I want to give you. Expect real harm and difficulty when it comes to following Jesus. Yeah. And so in this chapter, I guess, Bob, we're talking to get through it. You see that these people turn to praise. Right. So I don't know, what, what do you think about how, how are we to praise God in the midst of our frustrations, mm-hmm. in the midst of our difficulties, in the midst of...
1: Right. Well, I think um, a big part of it for me that I'll speak to is instead of staring um, at my my life and my problems, I need to stare at God. And because even so when you look at the book of Job, but when you look all over the Bible, we're reminded that life is going to be difficult. Jesus himself tells us that. Um, and then how we can kind of plod day to day in this is that we, we abide and we stay close to Holy Spirit, but that we gaze on the Lord. We're mm-hmm. not... Um, you know, we're not gazing on what is happening. So that doesn't mean that we're denying, like, yes, this is this is happening. I don't want to minimize my situation. But at the same time that this is happening, the God that created the universe is with me. And he's actually sent Holy Spirit to live inside of me. Mm-hmm. And he is so good and so big that my focus and my attention, my eyes, I lift them up to him. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think, just in the struggles of our, you know, our earthly lives here in the day to day. um, That's one way, you know, people talk about gratitude and a gratitude journal and um, just kind of write, we've spoke about that in the Psalms too, like things that have been helpful to, because it's difficult, you know, when, when the day seems like it's dragging on or maybe, you know, maybe a season for you hasn't been just a few weeks, but it's been a few years, you know, a season of difficulty. And so really the promise of this beautiful eternal life that we're going to get to, here in a couple points, we'll point out this, this picture of hope that we give. We actually get to live into that here on earth too. Mm-hmm.
0: And so another takeaway we want to give you is this. When it comes to judgment and the imagery that's given here in, in Revelation 7, a question we want to ask you is how does that make you feel? Like the four horsemen are unleashed. All hell literally is broken loose mm-hmm. on the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, Christians are being persecuted, and then Jesus is going to come back and right all wrongs. Like, How does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. I think, A, it can make you eager and excited for this to happen yeah. for a number of reasons. Uh, or, B, um, there's fear. right? Like, oh, man, I don't know if I want him to come back. I think the question is why. If fear is our response, why would it be that? Mm-hmm. If there's mm-hmm. shame, there's guilt, there's unforgiveness, there's a number of things that we're still dealing with. Because as Bobby and I talk, we want to move into the camp of we're actually looking forward to judgment. If you're in Christ, this is a good thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you're also quick to confess and repent and and walk in in transparency, we've got nothing to worry about. In fact, we should be eager for God to come back and right all wrongs, to redeem His creation. I mean, just watch the news, and it's it's enough to make anybody mad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just looking at the injustices and the way people are treating each other, speaking to each other, and it's just it's a mess. And Mm -hmm. so God, please come back. And the people who are harming kids and taking advantage of people in other parts of the world, even here in the United States, like Mm -hmm. Jesus, give them what they deserve. And so obviously I got to look in the mirror and look at myself. But when I, when I trust and I'm repenting, God's good. I need help. I'm professing Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I know you can only do that. Mm -hmm. That should bring us to a place of eagerness for him to come back. So Mm -hmm. How do you feel? Are you more fearful or are you more eager? Mm-hmm. Think about that. I don't know. And last but not least, Bob, the fourth takeaway.
1: <laughs> yeah. This picture of um, eternity. Just gives so much hope. And so those are some thoughts that kind of stuck out to us with, you know, what, what does judgment look like? Are you fearful? Are you, um, are you eager? Uh, but ultimately, this picture of hope because of the lamb is what we are left with in chapter 7. So Clark can read it. It's verses yeah. 15 through 17. It
0: says, Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. Mm-hmm. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lo- for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Yeah. That gives me hope.
1: Yeah, that is, that is a really, 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 really hopeful piece there. And so, like Clark said, even when life... Um, is just a whirlwind, and there's suffering, and there's a lot going on. Um, like in chapter six, what we read, uh, we look to chapter seven, verses fifteen through seventeen, and we look to the Lamb. That's mm-hmm. all of a revelation that has saved us, that who loves us, and that actually stands with us today and through all of eternity. Yeah.
0: So we hope that this ends, giving you hope after coming out of chapter six, even <laughs> the beginning of chapter seven, that one day all the things that make us sad and have hurt us and give us pain, the world pain are going to be gone, and yeah. that can only happen because of Jesus. So, read chapter 7, share what sticks out to you, just be quick to repent and confess, and God, have your way in our lives. Yeah. All right, God bless you all. Have a great weekend. Amen.
1: The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His countenance toward you and give you His peace. Have a great day.